Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Some of the worst moments of my life have come from being impatient. I want you to, I have gotten traffic tickets because I have been impatient. All right? Okay. Anybody beside me? Yes. I will tell you that I have had some traffic accidents because of being impatient. I spun a few people out. <laughs> I want you to know that, that not only that, but I have, uh, you, know, you know, I have had, not only did I lose uh, uh, the, fringe, uh, the, the traffic tickets, but also financial stresses come because of being impatient. I went to the car dealership and said, I want that one and wasn't willing to wait and, and got way in over my head, okay, because of being impatient. And I want to tell you, most of all, is that I have lost relationships because of being impatient. In other words, my impatience has caused friction in relationships. And I can tell you that I'm no longer close to people that I was close to at one time because of my being impatient. And so today I want to ask you something. Has being impatient caused you any pain? Has it caused you any pain? Now, I'm talking to a bunch of angels today because they're like, oh, you're not talking to me, right? No, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to you. That's right. I'm talking to you. Because every one of us in this room and every one of us watching struggle with impatience. Every one of us do. It's not, it's not like, oh, that's a Jeff thing. This is not for me. No, it's for you <laughs> and it's for me. And so today I want to ask, the question is, why do I need to be patient? Why, why, why do I need to be patient? Why can't I just be, you know, impatient? Well, number one, because impatience causes pain. The Bible says it this way in 1 Corinthians. I love the, it's called the love chapter. You hear it a lot at weddings, but look what it says. Would you read out loud the first three words of this verse? Let's read. You ready? Come on. Love is patient. Ooh. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Let's read the last one. Ready? Come on. Love never fails. So the reason that I want to do be that I want to be patient is because did you notice the first three letters, the first three words? What were they again? What did it say? Love is patient. In other words, what I've discovered is this, is that there has to be a mode. What, what makes me impatient? If love is patient, then that means when I'm impatient, I'm being unloving. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? If, if love's going to grow, impatience has got to go. <laughs> oh my, this is Thanksgiving week, everybody. I'm helping you out. <laughs> if love's going to grow, that means my impatience has to go. 
Now, what I want to say this to you is when I drilled it down a little bit different, I said, why, why can't, why do I struggle with this? Why do I struggle with being patient? What I've understood is this, is that it all boils down to me being selfish. What causes impatience more than anything else is me being selfish. And what causes impatience in your life is you being selfish. Why? Because we want what we want when we want it. Amen? Unwilling because we want what we want when we want it. And that makes me impatient. That means get out of my way. Or why aren't you here by now? Because right now we're supposed to be moving right now. Soon we're talking about that impatience. So what I want to tell you is I want to give you three words today that we're going to say that's going to help transform your Thanksgiving, everybody. It's going to make it better, and it's going to make your life better. And we said that love is patient. Well, I want to change that around. You ready? Let's say it this way. Patience is love. Would you say those three words with me? Let's say them. Come on. Patience is love. Let's say that again. You ready? Come on. Patience is love. In other words, when I'm being patient with you, that means I am embracing you. I am loving you. It's amazing how your life will change once you begin to embrace people through patience. Oh, dear God, help me because this is a struggle in my life. See, I don't want to preach this message. I didn't want to share it with you today because I, that means, you know, I don't want to ever share anything with you that I don't want to work on myself. And so I know this one's me. I'm talking to me. So at the re I want you to know that when I started talking to someone, a, a pastor, years ago, I said, you know, man, I need to pray for patience. They, they got white as a sheet. And they looked at me and said, don't ever do that. I was like, do what? Don't ever pray for patience. Like I was doing something horrible. He said, don't ever do that because God, you'll have to suffer worse if you, if you pray for patience. So I was always scared to pray for patience. I'd just be impatient. Right, because I was scared, and many of you have been told that as well. Don't pray for patience, which you've been told. But what I want to tell you is this, is that when you begin to understand patience, that patience is what everybody loves. Let's say our three words, ready? Patience is love. When I understand that, then it makes me want to be a more patient person. So, matter of fact, you will not have peace without patience. It's going to be amazing what, what, you, what will change. Your, your blood pressure will go down once you begin to learn to be a little more patient. Amen? Some of you, some of you are going to get healthier. I mean, like right now, if you practice this, all of a sudden your doctor, when you go for your next check, you'll go, what happened to your blood pressure? I mean, it's, that, it's normal. Well, I became a little more patient. That happens to everybody. It changes you. So here's the title today. Here it is. How to grow in patience without fear. Because again, we don't want to talk about patience. We don't pray for it because we're afraid something bad's coming our way. But no, we cannot love without patience. It's the first thing the Bible describes love. Remember everybody, patience is love. Let's say them again. You ready? Come on. Patience is love. Patience is love. So I'm going to give you three things today. And these are thanks. This is a Thanksgiving message when you're around all your family. Here we go. You ready? Number one is this. Here we go. Lower your expectations of people and raise your expectations of God. If you want, if you want to, if you want to grow in patience, here it is. Here it is. Without fear is you lower your expectations of people and raise your expectations of God. That is what we want to do. Now, most of us, most of us have very high expectations of people. Amen. We want them to, we want them to do, but I can tell, what I want to tell you is this, is that we have these, we have these, uh, 
expectations that we don't verbalize. We just expect it of people. And we get so, so impatient with people when they do not meet our expectations, right? Especially in our own families. Well, we was expecting them to do this. And this is a great message for Christmases too because if you don't get what you think you should have got at Christmas, remember this message. <laughs> Go ahead right now. Begin to lower your expectations of people. See, here's, the thing. here's what I want you to understand is that many times we have these un unverbalized expectations of people and they don't meet them. So we, we become so impatient with people because they don't meet expectations that we never told them that we have. Are you, are you following with me right now? What I'm saying is that you're expecting something of someone that you've never told them your expectation and you expect them somehow to be a mind reader. We don't know what you expect of us. You've got to tell us what, what do you want from me? Because if you don't tell me, I don't know. And I don't know what you want from me if you don't tell me. And so if we don't, we don't level on expectations, there's no way that we can ever meet them. Amen? Amen? So lower your expectations. The reason I say verbalize them to people is because once you think about your expectations, you say them out loud, you go, oh, that might be too high. So I better lower this a little bit. Amen? Wouldn't you rather lower your expectations and be surprised by people that they do more than you expect than to raise your expectations and be disappointed by people? Oh, man, Thanksgiving dinner is getting better already, isn't it? It's getting better already. Look what the Bible says. Here it is. Look, always be humble and gentle. Look what he says. Now, here we go. Be patient with who, everybody? Now, here's how, how do we do that? Well, he answers it. Look what he says. Making allowances for each other's what? Faults. That means that there's some things that people do in your family that you just don't like. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily sin, but it just annoys you. You know what I'm talking about? It just annoys you when they do it. He says, make allowances for their faults. Why? Because of what, everybody? Love, because of love. Now, you're not, you're checking out. You got to stay in here with me, all right? Because of love. Remember what we said? Patience is love. So when I'm patient with them, I become a more loving person. So let me help you. I did this Thanksgiving week. And some of you have not been with your family in over two years, all of your family. And they're going to gather this year. You've already made your plans. They're coming, okay? The turkey has already been purchased, all right? But you know that, you know, those people that you gather with at Thanksgiving, a lot of, some of them are EGRs, means extra grace required. That's the way they, that's the way they were before the pandemic. If you cannot think who the EGR is in your family, then you're it. You're it, it's you. Extra grace required, all right? Extra grace required. What I want to tell you that is that that pa the pandemic did not change that person. So when you meet with them again, you may be thinking, well, we haven't seen each other in two years. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And then you're expecting them to show up all chipper and great and wonderful. And, and you've got your expectations here. Well, listen, if they were in the EGR before the pandemic, when they show up at Thanksgiving, they're still probably going to be an EGR. And so go ahead and lower your expectation now. 
And thank you, thank when you see them, you know, like I'm not expecting a whole lot. You know, if they just show up, great. You know what? And they're probably going to be sarcastic and they're, they're probably going to be rude. and They're probably going to be disrespectful. That's who they are. So I'm expecting that person to show up. So I'm going to give a look. I'm going to be more patient with that person and I'm going to tolerate them for about an hour and a half. And after we eat, I'm leaving. <laughs> yes. Right. Hallelujah. And the whole time that I'm there, I'm saying, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. The little trains in my mind saying, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. So you know they're going to be there. So just go with that mindset, right? Go with it. And you're going to have a, and when you leave there, you're going to tell, tell your family, this was a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Why? Because I didn't expect a whole lot. So we got to lower our expectations of people, but we have to raise our expectation of God. What God, you see, see, we get that all backwards, don't we? We get it very, look what the Bible says in James 4 and 2. James 4 and 2 says, you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because why, everybody? You do not ask God. God will never let you down. God will never let you down. And so we have to keep asking our, expect, expecting God to do more in our lives. You see, if you're, most of us are not getting what we want from people and we're, or what we're expecting from people. We're not getting what we expect from people, but yet we're getting exactly what we expect from God. And that is nothing. Most of us in this room, I would dare to say, what are, you, what are you expecting from God? I mean, what are you expecting? Not that you pray before you go to sleep and say, oh God, you know, Lord, help my job. God, help school, help college. God, help my friends. Lord, help my family. You know, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about expecting. I'm talking about that you believe in that God's going to do it. He's going to show up. And you say, every, you're expecting it so much. Every morning you wake up and say, this could be the day that God does this. Amen. Amen. Expect, expecting more. Instead, we expect that out of people, right? And they don't, we, they don't even know what we need. But God does. So lower expectations. The people raise our expectations. God, it changes everything. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving changes everything. It changes everything. Lower your expectations of people. Raise your expectations of God. So I got a uh, statement here for you. It's on your connection card. Look what it says. A next step. I will lower my expectations of people and raise my expectations of God. Wanna, would everybody please check that box so we can pray over you this week so that you can have a happy Thanksgiving. That's the key right there. Check the box. Now, I want to say this to you, and I've been saying it a, a good bit lately, and I want to continue to say it is this. I've been the pastor of this church 26 years. I know you look at me and say, how in the world could that man do that? He looks like he's 25. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> Thought I'd wake you up. <clears throat> what I want you to know is that I've walked through many crises with people. Many, many crises. More than I would be able to count and would ever want to admit. And every time that I go through a crisis with a family, the family always says this, our best days 
was when we were in church. Every time, it has not ever failed. For 26 years, culture's changed a lot, but this has not changed. Every person will say, while we were in church, our family did the best. And what they mean by that, they mean by being involved in church, not just showing up every once a month or once every three months or tuning in online about every three weeks or so. No, they meant being involved in church. And that's why I'm so passionate about you being involved in church. Because that's the end game for me, is that your family be healthy and happy. Do you know, do you know what makes me happy when, you, when your family's doing good? That's what, that's what I live for. That's what Rhonda, you know, like you have conversations maybe about your parents, about your children, whatever. Rhonda and I have conversations about you a lot, all the time, when you do good. And when you're hurting, it hurts us. And so the greatest thing I can get you get you to do is get in church. Get in church. Get involved. Don't be a, on the sideline. You say, well, well, we got all these athletic programs for our children. Let me tell you something. You might want to rethink that. Because, listen, if it's going to take them out of church, then it's going to take church out of them. And then when they get to be in their, their 20s, their late teens and 20s, and you're going to be begging them to get in church, and all of a sudden church has gotten out of them. I want to challenge you. So if you've not gone to growth track, I'm asking you by the end of the year, which we have a, we start over again in December, the first Sunday of December, I want you to come to growth track. So just check the, check it on your connection card. We'll send you the information. You can do it online as well. We will make it happen. We want you to be in church. Amen, everybody. Okay. So let's say our three words again. You ready? Come on. Patience is love. Say it again. You ready? Patience is love. Some of you are even nervous about saying the word patience, aren't you? Number two is this. Oh, it gets better. You ready for this? You might want to buckle up for this one. Here we go. Here we go. Avoid complaining while waiting. <laughs> oh, dear God, help me. <laughs> Woo, I don't even know why I'm tormenting myself this way. Waiting can be frustrating, especially uh, when things don't go how you picture them. Amen. I mean, it's amazing how that we can begin to complain. And what I would say to you is this, is that, you know, when we begin to complain, it seems like that we think if we complain about it, it's going to make things better. Complaining never makes things better, everybody. Amen. And it don't make things happen any faster, does it? Complaining does not. Look what the Bible says. James 5. <clears throat> don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be what? You'll be judged. That's right. You know what he's saying? Complaining is draining. He said, if you keep complaining, people will not want to be around you. That's a judgment. You know, understand that, right? If you're a constant complainer, people are going to avoid you. They're going to begin to avoid you. Complaining is draining. It drains us of our joy and it drains us, it robs us of our peace. Now, this past week, Rhonda and I were spending some time with our family, extended family. And I made a decision because I knew I was going to be preaching on this, all right? I was preparing this, and I said, you know, this week I am uh, going to weigh everything that I say through the lens of, am I complaining? Is this going to be a complaint? So the whole week, I just want you to know, we was with our family, and I was like, before I say anything, I would begin to say, can this be, can this sound like I'm complaining? And so it wasn't about halfway through the week, Rhonda looked at me and said, Jeff, are you okay? Because you're not talking a whole lot. <laughs> 
<laughs> she thought something was wrong with me because before I was saying, I said, now, is this complaint? Could this be? And I found out that probably about 50% of what I was going to say could be complaining. So I was just sort of silent through the week. <laughs> How about with you? How about with you? Is the majority of your conversation complaining? When you begin to view it through that lens, it changes everything. It changes everything. You know what? Complaining is like bad breath. You don't recognize it until it comes out of somebody else's mouth. <laughs> Amen, everybody? Amen. Complaining is like bad breath. You don't recognize it until it comes out of somebody else's mouth. And so we just challenge you to begin to watch what's happening in your life. Now, let me ask you something. Does complaining make you a more patient person or a more impatient person? We're killing ourselves. What we're saying, our words are tearing us down. Look what the Bible says. In Psalms 141 and 1, it says this. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my what, everybody? That's a great prayer to pray. I prayed it a lot this week. I didn't talk that much. Again, because what I was about to say, even the humor that I was going to use was being viewed as complaining, making fun of something that's negative. And so I had to begin to challenge myself. And, and so I want to give you a challenge, a great challenge. Again, I'm trying to give you a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm trying to change your, your life. I have a challenge for you. It's on your connection card. I double dog dare you just to pick it up because you're scared right now what I'm about to ask you to do. Pick it up. Come on, everybody. Those that are online as well, pick it up. Here we go. I will do my best to not complain from now until Christmas. <laughs> I double dog dare you. Come on, somebody, right now. Come on, I check the box. Some of you are not moving, are you? See, your family's going to, when you show up, when you show up this Thanksgiving because you're going to weigh your words through complaining, they're going to go like, they're going to say the same thing that Rhonda said. What's wrong with you? You're not talking a lot. Well, I'm trying to do better. That's all you're going to say. Check the box, everybody. Number three. The third thing that I would tell you, if we're going to learn how to be patient without having the fear, we're going to grow in this thing, patience. Number three is wait confidently on God. Wait confidently on God. It's amazing how impatient we get with God, isn't it? You see, what I've had to learn in, in my life is this. There's a big difference between no and not yet. And many times God answer to our prayers is not yet. And we take it as no because he's not doing something. But this is what I've discovered about God is God will never give you a blessing that will become a curse to you. Did you hear that? You, God will never give, matter of fact, if your child is 12 years old and you hand them the keys to your car and say, oh, we just love you so much. We want you to drive the car now. They're going to kill somebody. Are they going to kill themselves, right? They're not, they're not ready for that. They're not equipped for that. 
And there's so many things in our lives that we think God is the killjoy because he won't let us have it now. And we're crying, come on, God, you're mean God, you're mean God. I'm not praying anymore, you're mean God. Like a three-year-old. Because God's not giving us just what we want when we want it. And so he's mean God. And so we just go try to find somebody else that will give it to us. See, even, let me say this, I'm going to be the pastor. Even like sex before marriage, it's a waiting issue. Why would God want us to do that? Because it's what's best for us. Because you get to learn what love really is before you complicate it. It's, it's, it's God. See, he, he loves us that much. Look what the Bible says. Psalms 27, 14. He says, don't be patient. Or don't be patient. Don't be impatient. There we go. <laughs> Help me out, somebody. I'm struggling. <laughs> don't be impatient. Wait for the Lord. <laughs> and he will come and save you. Be brave, stout-hearted, and courageous. Yes, wait, and he will help you. Patience is having faith that God is going to do what you've asked him to do, even though you don't see any evidence of him doing anything right now. That's what faith is. Faith is, is having that confidence that God is working. Even though I see no evidence that he's working, God is working. I'm going to wait on God. I'm not getting ahead of God. I'm not going to try to make it happen. I'm not going to try to go to my banker and make it happen. I'm not going to try to go to another person and make it happen. I'm not going to try to get, make it happen. I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to do the best that I can do and then trust God to do what I cannot do. Amen, everybody? Amen. That's waiting on God. One of my favorite verses is this. Well, let me give you, let's say our three words one more time before I give you this verse. You ready? Come on. Patience is love, everybody. Isaiah 40 and 31. I love this verse because it, it talks to me every time. Look what he says. But those who wait on who? Shall renew their what? And they shall mount up with wings like? And they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. God gave me this revelation years ago, and, and I never forgot it. You see, that those that wait on the Lord are going to get new strength, everybody. But those that don't wait on the Lord are not going to have the strength. He says, those that wait on the Lord are going to be like eagles, but those that don't are going to be like chickens. Look at our chicken up here. See our chicken, he's just walking around the barnyard. Look what he's doing. Got his head down, scratching the ground, looking for grub. You know what he's doing? He's saying he's got expectations of people. Well, the old farmer won't take care of me. Peck, 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 peck. You know, I don't like his wife either. Peck, 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 peck. You know, oh, those kids definitely not going to feed me. Peck, 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 peck. You know, just raising expectations of people. And then what do you do? He's complaining, constantly complaining. Oh, there's nothing but this old feed to eat right here. Peck, peck, peck. Oh, I got to scratch all day to find food. Peck, peck, peck. Oh, when the storm comes, oh, I got to run in that little building over there. Peck, peck, peck. Just down all the time. Chicken Christians. <laughs> Chicken Christians. All the time. Running around the barnyard, complaining, complaining, griping, expecting people to do everything for them. Expecting nothing of God. 
But you weren't called to be a chicken Christian. You was called to be an eagle Christian, everybody. Amen. This waiting, waiting on God makes you an eagle. What does the eagle do? Well, waiting is adverse times. Like we want something and we're not getting it. So we're having, we're having to grow. We're having to wait. We're having to, we're having to stretch out our wings. And the Bible says, when you wait, it didn't say do anything. It says wait. Didn't say do, it says wait. Doesn't say do, it says wait. Doesn't say do, it says wait. Amen. Wait on the Lord and you shall renew their strength. And what the eagle, look at this picture of the eagle. Look at this eagle. Look at his, look what he's doing. He's just stretching his wings out. That's all he's doing. And right, when you're waiting, you're just stretching your wings out. And, and you, you know what? And it may be difficult and the, the adversity is coming your way and, and you can't do anything. What do I do? I don't know what to do. You just wait on the Lord. And as you stretch your wings out and waiting on the Lord, those adverse situations, the winds blow, the storms come just like that eagle. When the eagle faces adversity, the winds blow harder, the storms, the rains come. What does it do? It doesn't do anything but stretch its wings out. And the stronger the wind blows and the more the greater the storm the, the higher the eagle goes why because he's soaring he's just stretching his wings out and just trusting God in the storm that God's gonna be God and that God's gonna do what he can only do it's God everybody he's just soaring higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and when he gets so high all of a sudden he realizes when the storm's over he's way up there and he's looking down and he sees new hunting grounds and he sees new watering holes and he sees new opportunities that he would have never saw before had he not waited on the Lord. When you wait on the Lord, 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 He will renew your strength. He will mount, you will mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and you will not faint. Why? Because God's got this, everybody. God's got this, everybody. God's got this. See, the greatest Thanksgiving going to be there. You walk into your family and you look at those parents that, that are driving you crazy. And as you look at them, you realize that God's got them. And you're not my problem. God's got you. And those children that are wayward, that, that have gone crazy. And you're like, God, what's going on with my kids? You can look at them Thanksgiving and say that I'm waiting on God and that God's got you. You can smile at them, everybody. Oh, you can know, you can know, you can know, you can know, you can know that God's got it. Amen. It's not my strength. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit that I'm going to thrive. Amen. There's a new opportunity out there waiting on you. It's a matter of, will you wait on God or will you get ahead of God? What are you going to do? Are you going to be the chicken always pluck by God? Bad God, bad God, bad God. Oh, everything bad's happened to me. Oh, there's nothing good coming my way. Are you going to raise your head up and, and raise your wings and wait on God? It's when we wait on God that he moves. Amen. Would you stand with me, everybody? Waiting. So what describes you today? Did, 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 did you, are you the chicken? Or are you the eagle? That's it. What describes you? And my goal today is to move you closer 
to waiting on God, that you can renew His strength. Oh, you can look at every situation in life and say, okay, I've done all I can do. Now I can be happy because I know that God's working. Amen. And I'm going to wait. Amen. Some of you are single. You know, you've been praying for a spouse. He's like, it's never going to happen. But you know, and you feel just so negative, like, why not me? Why not me? I'll tell you what. It's because you, God's raising you up. He's going to show you new opportunities. And he's got Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright coming your way. Just don't get ahead of God. Man, you get ahead of God. You stuck the rest of your life with, oh, my goodness. You think you you think they heaven, but they will be hell. It's God. I just want to ask you something. What is it today that you need to say, God? I'm willing to keep waiting because I know you're working. As they begin to sing this song, it says he'll do it again. I want to challenge you today. If there's something that you're waiting on, maybe you just want to walk down here and you say, God, I'm just coming down here to let you know I'm still waiting and I'm going to keep waiting on you. I'm not going to give up on you. God, I know you've got this. I know you've got this marriage, oh God. I know, God, that you've got my parents. I know, God, that you've got my career ahead of me, God. I know you've got this financial situation, oh God. I know you've got my family members, oh God. I know you've got it and I'm not going to give up on you. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.